This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. Today, we're talking about a massive trend in the job market, and that, of course, is the expansion of remote work. Our guest is Evan Hawk, the co-founder and chief operating officer of Make My Move. That's a platform that matches remote workers and their families with communities across the country that are willing to offer relocation incentives. For a community with a declining population, this can bring in new taxpaying citizens. And for people who can work from anywhere, it might be a chance to find their dream home. Evan describes how this marketplace works and what this trend could mean for the rest of us. Evan, today we're going to talk about a really interesting trend and about how some places are working to recruit remote workers to move to their communities. But before we get there, here on Jazzed About Work, we're always interested in every guest career story. They're, they're always so fascinating. So before we dive into talking about remote work, would you tell us about your own career, how you got interested in these kind of ideas and how, how you became a, a co-founder of, a, of this company? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of came through uh, to tech through the side door. Uh, you know, originally uh, I had intended to be a pastor. I, um, religion was my my major. Um, and I started working at a company called Angie's List um, early in my career, really just to work my uh, wife through grad school and with the intention of eventually finding my way back to, um, uh, you know, a pastor job. Uh, really just fell in love with that company and with the, uh, the culture there. Um, and so it, it stuck. And I worked my way up through that organization. Uh, you know, I, I worked for the Angie for uh, a few years. Uh, and it was during that time we were just sort of in rapid development, rapid improvement. Uh, she brought me into her office one day. And said, well, what, what would you, how could you uh, use an engineering team? I was like, well, it kind of walked her through what I do it. And so she gave me an engineering team um, and, and, uh, you know, we, we tackled a bunch of really important projects and she said, well, what, what would you do with two teams? And that from that point on, I, you know, I've been developing software and, and uh, developing uh, tools for, uh, for people to, you know, solve problems. Um, you know, by the time uh, I left Angie's List, I was in charge of their uh, consumer product. Um, and, you know, a handful of us that really had sort of forged really close relationships uh, at that company, including Bill Osterley, uh, who was the, the founder and CEO of Angie's List. Uh, you know, we knew we wanted to, to work together uh, again. And um, uh, so we set about to, to start a new company uh, geared towards recruiting uh, talent to the state of Indiana. So, you know, we were kind of seeing some some reports from economists come through, and this was, you know, probably about 2016. Um, uh, and it showed that our economy, that, that our workforce uh, was shrinking for the first time uh, in, in the state's history. And so we, we knew we wanted to make a dent in that problem. So we spent a few years um, developing um, technology and methodology to find and recruit individuals from out of the state uh, back into the state. 
And really the, that technology and those, those methodologies are what became uh, Make My Move. Uh, you know, I think what we found during the pandemic was that it wasn't just Indiana that was having these problems, that, you know, uh, communities all across the country are really trying to uh, uh, recruit new residents. Um, and the pandemic essentially made uh, millions of people able to, to move from where they were and, and choose uh, uh, their new home. So we, we really saw that the, the need was a national one. And we, we launched MakeMyMove.com um, uh, in December. And it's been going kind of crazy ever since. Well, before we get into exactly how the marketplace uh, works, let me let me add a, ask a different question. I'm kind of intrigued sure. by your being a preacher and then getting into a very different kind of field. I I think one of the trends that I see in uh, new companies starting up and workers making changes is there's a real interest in um, values and um, workplace. Um, values and alignment. Um, I'm guessing that that you're a person who thinks about values from how you described Angie's and, mm-hmm. and where you came from. Were there some values that you brought as you created this new company? You know, absolutely. When I say that, that um, Angie's List stuck, it, it really was, you know, the culture uh, and, and the people there. You know, I I think I was drawn to um, uh, to service just because I, you know, I like helping people. I like working alongside other people that want to help uh, folks, and that was sort of the um, kind of mindset uh, at, at Angie's List. You know, we we were all kind of um, uh, working on what we thought was a really important problem with with people that we you know enjoyed coming into to work uh, with every day. Um, and you know, uh, it, it, you know, those people wanting to, you know, accomplish great, uh, great things. And so, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, every company culture is going to be a little bit different and, and, uh, make my move certainly is, you know, it's, it's not, uh, Angie's list 2.0, but I think, uh, you know, in, in the fact that, you know, we kind of have a shared set of, uh, of values and, and a shared set of patterns of how to work together that, that I think, you know, um, uh, Hopefully, it sort of feels like that same sort of exciting place to work, um, uh, you know, working on important problems with people that you respect and admire um, um, and, you know, working on important things. Well, it certainly feels like you've created a, a company that is right on trend. So tell us a bit about how uh, how your program operates. Yeah, so the, the timing certainly couldn't have been better. You're, uh, you're right. Um, uh, so our our platform, MakeMyMove.com, uh, um, uh, it's an online marketplace that connects uh, remote workers or in move-ready talent with communities that are trying to attract new residents. And often they're doing that through uh, financial incentives. So um, if I'm a software engineer that wants to get out of the valley, um, I can log on, shop for my next home, compare different uh, communities, um, apply for the, uh, their incentives uh, right there on- online, and hopefully it's you know easy to find and take advantage of, of those incentives. For the communities, it's really kind of a, a, a one-stop shop, a marketing platform for them to be able to tell their story, uh, find people that might be interested in making a move. Um, and uh, attracting uh, uh, new residents. So it's sort of the first and only retail marketing platform for those communities. 
Well, I, um, of course, looked on your side and looked at some of the communities and was fascinated about this kind of marketplace. But I noticed that two of them that are offering a value of incentive of $20,000, which seems just amazing to me, are, mm-hmm. are um, communities that, that as I drive from Virginia to Ohio University, which is the home of WOUB, which of course is our producer here. When I take that trip, I sometimes stop for lunch in either Lewisburg or Morgantown, West Virginia. And they're pretty cool communities. Uh, Could we use them as an example of what they're looking for and why the incentives are um, worth it to them and, and how it all works? Yeah. So the Morgantown and Lewisburg, both great communities. You know, what's what's interesting is, you know, historically, a lot of communities across the country, particularly in the middle and throughout the, the Northeast, have been losing population for uh, for a long time, you know, and, and they're losing them, you know, historically to city centers that, you know, had been sort of uh, uh, points of concentration of, of opportunity. You know, I think what what's fascinating is, you know, those those workers in those in those large city centers, you know, New York, San Francisco, L.A., that are now remote and can work uh, from anywhere, can now choose where they want to uh, uh, work and live um, based on you know their own personal preference. So uh, you know, folks are looking for places that better align to the lifestyle that they that they want to have. And so the, you know, some folks are wanting to find a place that maybe that's more affordable and they can get more land. Some place, some people want to be closer to to the great outdoors. And you know, that's really I think what what West Virginia's programming is is leaning into. You you know, there's, um, you know, great riches and outdoors in West Virginia, you know, rivers, mountains, um, and, and they're, they are featuring those areas, not just in their, in their marketing, but in the incentive itself. So uh, in both of those cases, uh, the $20,000 breaks down to there, there's a $12,000 cash incentive. Uh, that folks get when they when they make a move, and then they get access to a bunch of amenities like park access, equipment rental for rock climbing, and, and and things like that. So really, they're just trying to attract people that you know maybe kind of share that uh, love of, of of nature, and then give them some uh, incentives that sort of plug them into uh, to that local community. So it's it's a really interesting uh, both in terms of the, the the dollar amount, but also just in how they're they're using the incentive to sort of tell telegraph uh, what's important to uh, to their community. I, um, you know, I thought some of them were really clever because they do so many things. They're, they're a, an incentive because people agree on the values that the communities are promoting. And mm-hmm. um, they're also, it feels like great marketing for the culture of the town is um, how, how do the, uh, communities come up with these clever packages. Yeah, you know, I think in each each community is going to be a little bit different. You know, there there it's generally going to be sort of a um, a champion for uh, for the community in that area that's going to kind of lead the charge and in, in developing the program and, and getting uh, funding for uh, uh, for the program. And that champion, you know, sometimes is uh, you know maybe the mayor, like in Greensburg, Indiana, the mayor is the one uh, uh, sort of leading. Um, uh, the effort. Um, in other places, it's private foundations. So, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or, uh, West Virginia's program was actually uh, seeded by Brad Smith of Intuit fame, who grew up in West Virginia and wanted to sort of attract people to, um, to his 
um, his home. Um, uh, but, you know, I think in each of these areas that the communities really are trying to develop um, a programming that's both attractive, you know, that will get attention and, and uh, market well. And then to your point, uh, is a way for them to sort of communicate um, elements of, you know, what's important to them. Do you have a sense, uh, you haven't been in existence for very long. Do you have a sense, though, of at least some of the early uh, recruits? How, how is it going? How is it all working out for both sides? Yeah, I think uh, we, we do have a lot of uh, stories from both, uh, both sides. And I think um, it, it's an exciting time. You know, the, the earliest program was Tulsa, Oklahoma. They, they started in, in 2018 and have since relocated a thousand people um, to the area through their, their Tulsa remote program. Um, and, and so I think, you know, they're sort of, uh, you know, obviously innovators in the space, but, you know, I think a lot of people look to them for, uh, sage advice on not just how to attract, but how to retain, um, and, and they're reporting, uh, you know, uh, obviously they're continuing the program, expanding, uh, the program. I think they've seen great success. Um, you know, there's other communities that maybe have started a little bit uh, uh, sooner uh, and, you know, they started with pilots, but are now expanding past, uh, past the pilot phase. So like West Lafayette, Indiana and Purdue University have a program sort of connecting people to a college town and to the university's um, uh, resources. And uh, we help them manage a, a pilot uh, earlier in the year that uh, we'll see about 20 people move by the end of the year. Um, and then they're uh, working to scale that program and expand it for, uh, for, for next year. So, you know, I think for, for communities that maybe have lacked the ability to attract uh, new residents on demand and on a retail basis, this is, you know, it's a, it's a brave new world for them. You know, if, I, if I'm a mayor of any of these towns, I can, you know, I can um, get the word out. I can attract people and, and, and not just... Uh, anyone. I mean, remote workers tend to be highly educated. Uh, you know, they, they uh, tend to be in, in knowledge jobs that, you know, are highly uh, paid. So, you know, these are, folks are hugely valuable to, uh, to these local uh, communities. So let's say um, a community or a few people in a community love the idea of attracting some of these knowledge workers and um, aren't anywhere close to setting up a pilot, but are trying to do an audit of the kind of things uh, that attract remote workers to a community. Do you have a mm -hmm. kind of a list of things that remote workers tend to be looking for? Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the most important thing for these communities is to tell their story. You know, um, people are moving for all kinds of reasons and they want to find a place that sort of matches the lifestyle that they're uh, that they're looking for. So, you know, it, it's OK that, you know, um, if, if you're a city in the Midwest or in the Northeast or in the Southeast, uh, you're, you're not New York City. And that's like that's a feature, not a bug. Um, you know, so what's special about your community? Why do you like living there? What um, uh, what has kept you um, uh, there, you know, all these years? I think it's uh, most important for these communities to kind of tell that story. And that's part of what we help uh, with is sort of to suss out what's the, you know, what's the soul of, uh, of a community and turn that into, you know, uh, rich, rich copy on, on, on their profiles. But beyond just uh, that, uh, you know, I think 
we we talk a lot about the importance of of infrastructure. So it's going to be important to make sure that they have good internet. Obviously, you know, uh, remote workers need connectivity. So um, uh, you know, good uh, access to um, affordable high speed internet is going to be important. Um, shared spaces, so that you know, co working space or um, uh, kind of third spaces like coffee shops and things like that are going to be important. You know, um, I, I think. A lot of people associate uh, remote work with isolation, um, but most of remote workers we talk to actually are, are more social than they were uh, during, uh, you know, being in an office. And so they kind of get out there in the community and, you know, want to be in, in, in shared spaces. Um, Another thing, you know, I think uh, it, along the lines of infrastructure is just uh, sort of travel uh, infrastructure. You know, again, uh, you know, people uh, want to be sort of connected to uh, the rest of the country. You know, the number one request that we have from re remote workers is they tend to want to uh, live in the country, but within reasonable distance to a major airport. So, you know, maybe they want some extra space, they want to stretch out a bit, but, you know, they, they might want to jet set um, uh, to, um, uh, to California or something, you know, on, on the weekends. So the people who are going after these incentives have to go through a pretty rigorous process, I would guess, um, before that money is turned over. Well, how does that process work? It, it, it will vary by uh, community, but typically, uh, you know, there's there's sort of an application uh, process where they um, sort of express their interest in the community. Most communities will have some form of an interview um, where, you know, they'll, uh, uh, the remote worker will talk to folks in the community, get a sense of, you know, why uh, they want to move uh, uh, to the area. Um, and then at some point, the, they'll be sort of approved for the incentive and they'll need to uh, sort of uh, uh, prove that they've made a move and that they've sort of established their, their new location. Um, and uh, uh, then they'll sort of receive, if it's cash or, you know, non-cash incentives, they'll sort of redeem them after, uh, after they've made a move. You know, a lot of these communities, uh, you know, have requirements for how long people will stay. So some, uh, they're usually around one to two years that they, that they require people to stay. And so sometimes uh, the money will be paid out, you know, half might be paid out at the beginning and then uh, the rest paid out after a year or so. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash School. So sometimes we think about remote workers, well, uh, well, there's so many contrary trends in every direction, I guess, these days, but a lot of people think about remote workers as young tech type people, maybe coming from the valley, those kind of things. But a, a, another trend out there is that older workers, maybe people in their 50s, are being um, becoming very interested in remote work as an alternative to 
uh, early retirement or regular retirement, they're thinking, you know, I could still move closer to my grandchildren uh, with a mm-hmm. remote job. Um, are they likely to uh, be eligible for these incentives or are most of the communities looking for people who are going to be there for a really long time? No, I, you know, I think it, what's really fascinating about, um, you know, the last 18 months is just that, I mean, it, it has been a, a massive societal shift, not just how we live, but how we work. I mean, you know, we think a lot about, um, you know, so first of all, there, there are about 35 million remote workers in the U.S. right now. Um, and so these are, you know, a, across many disciplines, across many age groups and, and uh, points in, in the career. Um, and, you know, for folks that are looking to make a move, uh, about 30% of those, by the way, based on a recent survey we did, um, are looking to move in the next 18 months. And about half of them would move if given some form of incentive. So, you know, there's a massive opportunity for communities to recruit in individuals. Um, and we do kind of see different um, uh, sort of age groups um, uh, availing themselves to that move. Um, uh, you know, we kind of think about the world in terms of anchor points and release points. So anchor point would be something that sort of helps me plant uh, some roots in an area. Release point is uh, what might make me more likely to, to make a move. And so we do see, you know, some, uh, you know, on the younger set, you know, maybe folks that just gotten out of college or uh, maybe they're kind of early mid-career wanting to start a family, wanting to buy a home, um, uh, lots of folks in, in that younger set. But we see just as many folks kind of in that that older set that, you know, they're kind of planning their last act, um, uh, you know, in, in the place that maybe they will eventually uh, retire. The, the uh, program at West Lafayette with Purdue University is a great example of this. So it was sort of split down the middle. We had um, about half the folks that were kind of in the, you know, maybe 30, early 30s, uh, late 20s range, uh, and that were sort of trying to find some place that was more affordable, but uh, also still had some cosmopolitan uh, amenities, restaurants and things like that. Uh, but then we had a lot of folks that maybe were in their mid 50s and were um, uh, you know, wanting to maybe take advantage of some of the university amenities. So, you know, auditing classes or access to uh, the, the library. Um, you know, what's important here is that in each case, it's up to the individual's personal preference. They're kind of optimizing for the type of life that they want now and into the future. And, and these communities have a lot to offer them. Well, this is, this is fascinating. The trends are um, so interesting. But as I said earlier, the trends seem to be going in more than one direction. I think there's no doubt that we're always going to have um, more flexibility for knowledge workers, for technical workers, things like that in the in the coming mm-hmm. years. But um, some companies are already saying, well, um, flexibility, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean work from home, uh, work from anywhere always, we want you to come in once a week or things like that. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are kind of struggling right now. And it's it's not clear uh, what the future is going to be. But what, what do you think the workplace is going to look like, say, five years from now? How are you yeah, betting great, on that? It's a, it's a great question. And I think we have a pretty specific uh, perspective. I mean, you're right. There's a lot of um, um, diverging and converging trends. And, you know, it, it'll be uh, a couple years before all the, the 
dust settles. But there's a few things that we're watching really closely to try to get a sense of, of where the, um, uh, it'll ultimately fall. The first is uh, consumer preference, worker preference. You know, we're seeing, you know, um, it, it, it was actually interesting to see both Apple and Google uh, come out publicly and say, everyone's coming back. And, you know, they have famously amazing offices, um, uh, lots of amenities for, for coming into the office. And in both of those cases, their employees sort of revolted. You know, so much so that they had to publicly kind of retract those plans and um, uh, sort of amend them. And in each case, you know, they're they're saying that, you know, some non-trivial percent of their workforce is going to be permanently um, uh, remote. Um, uh, and so, you know, if if those two companies with their famous offices have trouble bringing people back, uh, you know, what chance do a lot of other uh, companies have? And so, I you know, I think... Um, it's a testament to sort of the, the worker-led um, uh, trend. You know, I, I think remote work for a lot of people will be a part of a, you know, a standard benefits package. Um, and not to say that everyone is going to be in a work-from-anywhere arrangement. You're right. Some will be in a, you know, have to come in one or two days a week. But I think there's a non-trivial percent of the population that are going to be full-time uh, work-from-anywhere uh, remote. The other thing, you know, I think that we look at is, is sort of the companies that have come out early um, and sort of made a, uh, a, you know, staking a claim in the remote work world. Um, you know, Zillow is probably one of the most interesting ones because they they had been very pro coming back to the office um, uh, pre, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe a year ago, uh, but found that throughout the, uh, the pandemic, number one, their people still remained highly productive. And we see this across the board that companies um, uh, have reported high productivity, even in, in a work from home environment. And many were surprised like, uh, at Zillow being one of them. Um, uh, they reported better, uh, you know, higher happiness, um, uh, better retention. But the biggest thing that, uh, that they and a lot of companies talk about is that remote work opens a global workforce. You know, they don't have to just look for the, the best person within a 50 mile radius of the headquarters. They can find the best person for the job anywhere in the world. And so for them, you know, that, that has been a reason they've come out publicly and said, you know, we're, we're full-time uh, remote. And many companies, Ford Motor Company, uh, Nationwide Insurance, uh, Twitter, you know, um, in, in lots of sectors, and oddly enough, the sectors that are sort of most competing for talent, we're seeing uh, a high level of, of announcements that these companies are going to uh, remain remote. So, you know, you ask five years from now, where do we think it's going to be? Um, you know, I think that, you know, tens of millions of people in the U.S. are going to be, uh, you know, continue to work remotely full time. Uh, you know, I think 20 years from now, we'll look back and, you know, at our time sort of commuting to and from an office just to sit at a desk again. Uh, uh, and we'll think that that's, you know, kind of crazy. Um, you know, I think that the role of the office itself is probably going to change. Uh, it's going to be a gathering place, a place that, you know, maybe teams, you know, can find retreat, you know, once a month or once a quarter um, uh, get together. Uh, but, you know, I think across whether it's workers or companies, everyone's kind of reevaluating uh, uh, sort of the, um, uh, the role of, of the office in modern life. 
I, I think you're so right. And, and maybe some really interesting new things are going to come out of it. You mentioned that remote workers are often more social than they were before because people do need people. And so maybe we'll see more co-working, more spaces that are mm-hmm. more than a coffee shop, but are you know can get you out of your own house if you want to work. So there could be some really uh, interesting um, new gathering places. Are you seeing that in any of the communities yet where uh, you've been working, new kinds of um, work patterns that bring people together? Yeah, you know, it, it'll be really interesting to see. It, it, obviously, real estate trends will take some time to, uh, to keep up. But, um, you know, I, I think we're hearing a lot of, um, you know, downtown planners, like in Indianapolis is a great example where, you know, um, a lot of the companies are, you know, are leaving. And so the, those buildings are kind of thinking about, you know, what, what will replace office buildings. And, and so, you know, things like, you know, more restaurants, more coffee shops, more, more gathering places, um, I think are, you know, we'll see uh, more of. It, it, frankly, I think this is going to be, you know, just as much a, a renaissance of, of downtown city centers than, um, than anything, you know, that um, uh, it, there will be sort of more people living there uh, versus just just working there, uh, more people uh, gathering. It's I, I think it's going to be a really exciting time to kind of see how um, uh, both cities and, and uh, neighborhoods kind of evolve to accommodate you know the, the new working trends. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of it that's kind of exciting. I, I've been remote working for quite a few years now, um, and I'm um, thrilled to see how all kinds of things are evolving to make this a, uh, an even more interesting lifestyle. Let me ask a final question. Um, and that is, I bet we have listeners out there who are not remote working, or maybe they're remote today, but they're going to be called back next month mm-hmm. or sometime soon. If people are thinking of making the shift, but they don't know where to begin, how would you suggest um, somebody who's always been office bound starts exploring the idea of being a full time remote worker? Yeah. So, um, great question. And I think that like the first thing, um, that I would do personally and, and what we've heard a lot of people do is start to just assess what their, um, what their priorities are. You know, I, I think another kind of benefit of the pandemic, if you want to call it a benefit is it, it's given a lot of people a lot of time just to reflect on kind of what their priorities are, what they want out of life, what they want out of work. Um, and, and so, you know, Create a short list of what you would want your kind of home uh, uh, to be, um, and you know, and it's on that point I'll just kind of reinforce that you know the remote work revolution is only nominally about work. It's really about life. You know, it, it, it's it's given people uh, a freedom to kind of choose uh, when, how, where um, uh, their their work life sort of. Um, uh, intersects with their, their personal life. And, and it's given them a flexibility in their personal life to, you know, do a lot of the things that they weren't able to do before, you know, see their kids, um, uh, you know, go to, go to uh, practices and, and, and things like that. So, you know, the first is sort of just assess what do you want out of life? And then, you know, logistically, when you start thinking about, you know, making the change, you know, talk to other remote workers, get a sense of how they, um, uh, they work, uh, how they organize their days, how they stay, 
um, uh, sort of productive and connected to their employer. It's always a good idea to talk to, uh, you know, if you're thinking about staying remote or asking to stay remote, obviously have a conversation with your employer, make sure that, you know, that's, um, uh, you know, well understood and that, and that if you're thinking about making a move that they know that, that, that you're doing it. Um, um, and then uh, obviously we're, we're here to help. So, um, uh, if, if folks have questions or, uh, need help connecting with these communities that offer incentives, that's, uh, a part of our job is to help facilitate those introductions and make the move easy. And again, your uh, website is makemymove.com, right? makemymove.com. Yep. And it's, it's inspirational. There's some gorgeous photos of communities that might be fun to uh, be part of. And, you know, I think um, your last point is a reflection of maybe a silver lining in, in, in the terrible times so many people have had in yeah. the last few years. And, and that is that people are rediscovering that they own their career and they have more power to create their life than they ever knew and that it's worth the effort to explore all these new options. So I'm, I'm so glad to see that you've come up with something so creative to help match people uh, with the, the life they'd like to have and the communities who'd like to have them. So thank you. Thank you, Evan. It was great chatting with you today. Bev, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for your time. Today we've been talking with Evan Hawk about how some communities are paying people to move into town. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones. And in case you haven't heard, my new book is Find Your Happy at Work. Today's tip is that workers now have more power than ever to take control of their careers and create a work life that brings them what they want. Thanks for listening today, and please tell your friends about us.